But we are on 13a, and we're in the middle of talking about a machlekes Rebbe and Rebbe Yisibar Yehuda. As to what's the halacha when you bring in the, these wheat grains, right? And your intention was to use it for, um, for dough. We're about to start the spraisa and the top of the line, right? The top line on 13a. The Tanya, we learned in a brisa. Hechnes shibalin. Let's say you brought in the wheat to your house, and the purpose of bringing the wheat into your house was to make a dough with this wheat. So in other words, you planned on grinding it still and using it to make flour and then make a dough out of it, as opposed to a situation where you planned on taking the wheat and eating the, you know, let's say toasting the grains and then eating the kernels. You're allowed to eat from them in a temporary fashion without having to take off trumas and maestros. Because the halacha is that you only have to take off the tithe from items that have come into your house in the normal fashion. And they come in in an atypical fashion, you don't have to take off trumas or maestros yet. Upatr, and it is exempt from truma. Let's say you brought in these grains and you're gonna rub them together in your fingers and then you're gonna take off the kernel and then eat the, sorry, take off the, yeah, take off the kernel and eat the, the grain, right? So then, the halacha is, Rebbe Mechaev, Rebbe says you have to now take off Trumus and Maestros, you have to take off the tithe for the priest, and you have to take off the other tithe for the Levite. But Rebbe Yesi Bar Yehuda, Rebbe Yesi Bar Yehuda says you are exempt. The Gemara says, Rebbe Yesi Bar Yehuda, Nami Meshkachasla, even according to Rebbe Yesi Bar Yehuda, you can still find a case where you'd be obligated to take Truma on Yom Tif, right? In other words, we said yesterday, the problem with taking Truma on Yom Tif is that why did you wait until Yom Tif to take Truma? Why didn't you take the Truma before Yom Tif? There would be nothing that you'd be obligated to take the Truma on Yom Tif that you were not obligated before Yom Tif. And if you're obligated before Yom Tif and you waited till, until Yom Tif, you're not happy about that. So according to Rabbi Yisri Bar Yehuda, Rabbi Yisri Bar Yehuda had said that even if you brought the grains in to roll them between your fingers, and then you roll them between your fingers, you're still not obligated to take off the truma. So what's a case where you have a case where it's possible to be obligated to only take off truma on Yom Tov itself and not before? You brought in the grain to make a dough. And then on Yom Tov itself, you changed your mind and decided to rub them and eat them raw. They became tevel. They become something which is forbidden to eat before taking the produce on Yemtiv. When you brought in the grain to make dough for it, right, it already made it liable for, um, for truma, right, to take up the truma from. And then when you changed your mind to rub the grains together so as to eat them raw, so now they turned into tevel. They turned into something which you're not allowed to eat until you take the truma. So Ella my truma. So what does it mean when it says that there's no case of truma that you have to take it on Yom If there are cases, according to both Rebbe and according to Rebbe Yisibar Yehuda, where you would only be liable or obligated to take the Truma on Yom Tov itself. And if you're only obligated to take the Truma on Yom Tov itself, then indeed you should be permitted to take the Truma on Yom Tov. Right Truma. The Gemara says right Truma. In your typical cases, you would never be obligated to take Truma from grain only on Yom Tov. You would have been obligated before Yom Tov. And as we said before, if you're obligated before, then, then you're not allowed to take it on Yom Tov for the first time. But now what we're saying is, actually, most cases of truma, indeed, there are some exceptional cases, according to everyone, in which you would be able to, or liable to take up truma for the first time on Yom Tov. Amr Abaya, Abaya says, Machlekas b'shibalim, Machlekas between Rebbe and Rebbe Yisibar Yehuda, is only Machlekas when it talks about ears of, of grain. Aval b'kitniyas, but if it would be beans, divrei hakol, yisuraisa tavla. Everyone agrees that when you bind them together, you bind the, the beans, let's say, in a, you know, let's say you're, um, you bind a bunch of beans for the purposes of being threshed, 
right? Bringing a bundle of them into your house is already considered like bringing the grains into the barn. And indeed, it would then be liable or obligated to take truma, and it would render it forbidden to be eaten before taking the truma. Let's say there's a proof to this. Someone has bundles of fenugreek, shall tevel, that are tevel, have not yet had the trumas and maestros separated from them. You're going to have to crush the seeds. And estimate just how much seeds there are in them. And then he takes off the truma on the zera, on the seeds. But you don't take off the truma for the stalks of these fenugreek. What's the case? My lab is it not Rabbi Yisri Bar The opinion of Rabbi Yisri Bar Yehuda, the Amar, because he says Hasam loy tavla. He says over there that grains are not tavla. Hacha tavla, but over here he's saying that they are tavla. Okay. So the Gemara says, in other words, what we're saying is that sometimes, even according to Rabbi Yisri Bar Yehuda, then it could be finished on yamtiv. Look, the Gemara says it's not true. Rabbi, it's according to Rabbi, and Rabbi says that even the ears of grain are already liable for taking truma when you bring them into the house for the sake of using. Gemara then asks, well, if it will be Rebbe, then why do you have to go to a case of Tilson, of fenugreek? Why don't you go to a regular case of grain? My ear, your Tilson, then why does the town have to specify fenugreek? Even regular ears of grain are also liable to take off Shuma. LMI, but then what are you going to tell me? Rabbi Yisivar Yehuda? If you tell me that it's Rabbi Yisivar Yehuda, then we should have also taught about other types of, of grains. Um, not of grains, but of kidneys, of beans. And let's say peas or uh, snap peas or beans or something like that. They call Shikane Tilson. And certainly in the case of Tilson, that halacha would be true that once it's bundled up, it's liable to take truma. Ella Tilson, it's trichale. So it must be that the Tana wanted to teach us the case of Tilson, of Fenugreek. I would have thought to say, the reason why we're talking about this case is a random reason. I might have thought to say that since the taste of the fruit and the taste of the stalk are actually very similar. You also have to take off truma from the stalks as well. And therefore, it kind of comes to teach us that the reason why you take off the, the truma from the fenugreek, you only take off the truma of maestros from the fenugreek um, produce, but not from the actual stalks. Ikadami, another version would say, The machlekes is in a case where there's ears of grain. But if it's beans, being bundled up together does not obligate you in tevel, does not obligate you, does not render it a tevel that you're required to take trumas and maestros. Meisbe, the Gemara challenges this. Misha tilson. If somebody has bundles of fenugreek, shall tevel, that were tevel, that they're reliable in trumas and maestros. Hareza kaitish, you can crush out the seeds from the fenugreek. And then try to guess how many, estimate how many seeds are in there. And then you should take off trumas and maestros on the seeds themselves. But don't take off on the stalks. My lab, tevel tavo shal truma. When it says tevel over here, is it not telling about a case of tevel in regards to truma? So we see that even though they're still in bundles, they're still isuraisa in bundles, they're still they're already now subject to the tithe. And where it says light, not true. Tevel tavo shal trumas maestro. It means tevel in regards to trumas maestro. So trumas meiser is what? What happens is the very first thing that you're supposed to take is the truma, which goes to the kayin. Then you take meiser, and then the, the levy, you take a tent, which you give to the levy, and then the levy takes from his tent and gives a portion of that to the kayin. So what we see is the case that it's tevel over here, that it's not yet anything taken from it, is actually the case where it's tevel regards to trumas meiser. You could do Rabbi Bo, I'm Rabbi Shem ben Lakish. And like Rabbi Bo said in the name of Rabbi Shem ben Lakish.
If the first miser was separated while the, the grain was still actually attached and not yet separated from the stalks. So Shemai Taivlai the Trumas Miser. Once we say that this area right here is going to be my Truma, then that means it is now considered to be Tevel for Trumas Miser. What do we mean? We mean if I designate this area right here to go to the Kayin and this area right here to go to the Levi. So the Levi is going to have to take a portion of that area when I give it to him and give it to the Kayin. So it's already considered impermissible to eat from that area now because part of it has to go to the Kayin before the Levi can eat. Kumara says, Kaitish Lomali, why does the Levi need to crush out the seeds? What's the case? Lemale, let him say to the Kayin. The same way they gave it to me, not yet crushed. I'm going to give it to you, not yet crushed. Why are we obligating the levy to crush it for the kaye? I'm a rabba, knasa. Rabba says it's a knasa, the penalty. Why? Because we don't want, we want to ensure that the levy does not take the meiser before the truma. You're not supposed to. The order is first take the truma and give it to the kaye. Then take the meiser and give it to the levy. Then the levy takes the truma's meiser and gives it to the kaye. We don't want them to go out of order. So therefore we said that the levy actually has to pay a penalty and has to grind it on behalf of the kaye. Tanya Namiyachi went to the price like this as well. Ben Levi, you have a Levi who was given Miser while the grain is still in, in a state of being uh, you know, attached to the stock. Before he gives it to the Kayin, he has to make it ready to put into the barn. And love him if it's grapes, and he has to make them into wine. Zesim if it's olives, and he has to make it into oil. And only then does he take off the Trumas Miser. The nice and the Kayan and give it to the Kayan. Chumas Meister, which as we said, is the portion of what the Levi gets. Just like Chumagadela is not taken, turning the page now. Technically, she'll be taken from the Gairin, from the threshing floor, and from the Yekka, from the wine press. So to the Chumas Meister, the portion that goes from the Levi's portion to the Kayan also should only be taken from the Gairin and the Yekka, from the threshing floor, and from the wine press. You are now asked, one second. If we're talking about Shumas Meiser, then it can't be an estimate of how much has to be given. It has to be measured out. Why? Because Truma, there's no the rice obligation of a specific amount. Even one grain can exempt the entire, entire uh, the whole of um, the whole heap of the crop. But when it comes to when it comes to the case of um, of Shumas Meiser, right? The Meiser. It has to be exactly one tenth, and the trumas meiser has to be exactly a measurement of the of the one tenth. So why does it say just a, an estimate is sufficient? Amani, who's this? Abba Lezer ben Gimelhi, Lezer ben Gimelhi. Tanya, we learned in a brisa. Abba Lezer ben Gimelhi, Eimer. Ben Nechshavachem trumaschem, and your truma will be considered for you. B'shtei truma is a custom daver. About two different trumas the pasuk is speaking. Achas truma gadayla. One is talking about the truma gadayla, the main truma that's given to the kain. Achas trumas meiser. One is referring to the truma. It's taken off of the Levi's portion and given to the Kayim. Just like Shum Gadela is considered to be taken within a, an estimate and a assessment and a um, and just mentally determining that this is what I want to take. So too, when it comes to Trumas Meiser, taking an, an estimate of what it is, right? It doesn't have to be exactly measured and it does not have to be, it does not have to be physically removed. It just has to be, uh, you know, mentally determined to be that area. And if you have Maiserishan, the first Maiser that's supposed to go to the Levi, that was taken at the time when it was still in Shibalan, before it was given to the Kayin, 
It's considered Navi Tavel in regards to Chumas Meiser. My time, what's the reason? Because once it was called Meiser, now it's already considered ready to go, even for the extent that the Kayin, I'm sorry, that the Levi is now required to get to the Kayin before he eats it. If you have Maisa Rishon, which was separated while the grain was still attached, in other words, before it was fresh, it's exempt from having to take Chumas Maisa. It says that you should separate up the Chuma from it, Maisa from the Maisa. So which means that you, I told you to take Truma, to take Maisa from other Maisa. I did not tell you to take Truma from, or Truma's Meiser from Meiser, only Meiser from Meiser, but not Truma from Meiser. Amalera Papa Labaya, so Papa says to Baya, if so, Afilu Nami, and even if he separated once it was already in a pile, right, before separating, in other words, he takes up the Meiser, which is supposed to go to the Levi, the one tent that goes to the Levi, before taking the Truma Gadayla, before taking the portion that's supposed to go to the Kayet, it should be the same halacha. Amale, so he responded, Abaya responds to Papa. Alecha Makra, about you, the Pasik said. In other words, against your point, the Pasik said, from all of the Maiser, even if even if um, the Truma has to be given, even from something that was never taken Truma from before. In other words, let's say I decide to give the the uh, the Maiser directly to the Levi without having taken off yet for the Kaye in the Truma Gedaila. So the Levi is then obligated to take and give the portion to the Kaye. Umar Reyes, and well, how, why would you differentiate between something that is, a, is still attached and something which is already piled up in ground, I mean, and threshed? Hi, Adagan, but hi, Leyetan. The one that's already piled up is considered to be green that's already processed. Once it's already processed, then it's obligated to take the truma for the kayin. But one that's not yet already processed, not obligated to take truma for the kayin. And not hustle, we learned in a mission over there. Hamaklif Sairan. Mikalev achas achas. If someone is peeling barley and he's going to eat the barley, uh, you know, raw, that cooked. So he peels them one at a time, he's allowed to eat it, and it's not considered to be something which is a finished product, which would then be liable to take meiser. But if he would peel them, and then put them in a pile in his hand first, and then already he's liable to start taking off the tithe. And so too, when it comes to Shabbos, if he peels it directly into his hand, then it's like, um, it's like threshing, and it's going to be dash. It's going to be a desk. It'll be a violation of Shabbos. Any is this so? So Rab's wife would peel whole handfuls in her cupfuls of barley for him. Rabchia's wife also did this. So rather, if you have to say such a thing, I say it. We have to say it was said about the end. Somebody is rubbing together ears of wheat. He can blow them, al-yad, al-yad, from one hand to the next, and eat them without having to take chumas But if he starts blowing them, and he brings a big pile of them ready, separated on his lap, ready to go, then already it's liable in chumas ha-maitres. And so too, in regards to Shabbos, that it will also be considered um, an isr if you separate this in this fashion. Maskevlo Rav Abba Bar Mamo, Rav Abba Mamo asks a question. The Reisha in the beginning of the Mishnah, of Raisa, the Meiser in. Sounds like for Meiser purposes, it would be liable already and it already be uh, subject to Meiser. The Shabbos loy, but for Shabbos, it would not be considered a finished product. In other words, if it's not a finished product for Meiser, right, to, to render the object finished and processed and liable to take Chumas and Meisers, then it's also not a finished product 
that the action for which you should be liable for if you do it on Shabbos. Is there anything that when it comes to Shabbos, it's not considered the end of the of finishing act? But for Meister, it is considered the finishing act. challenges this. And is there not such a case? But there's a case of what, what's considered to be the Garnon or Meister, what's considered to be the threshing floor in regards to tithing. It's not, we learned in a Mishnah. What's considered the threshing floor for tithing? That's considered to be tevel, and then you're no longer allowed to eat from this object. Hakeshuin, v'hadaluin, the cucumbers and the gourds. When it comes to cucumbers and gourds, mi sheyifkesu. From the time that the that the that they've been cut a little bit, then they're already considered to be finished. Vishaloypikesu, but if it did not yet get cut, mi sheyamid arma. From the time that they're gathered together in a pile in a heap, then that shows that they're finished uh, for the purposes of. Liable to take Jerusalem and Mysteries. But Tanan Namigabi Mitzalam, and so too we taught about onions. Misha Yam and Arma. When are they considered Tavel? From the time that they're gathered together into a pile. Bilu Gabe Shabbos, but when it comes to Shabbos, Hamadas Arma Pater. When it comes to Shabbos, if you would pile them together in a pile, obviously you're not going to be liable for doing any Malach on Shabbos. Elamayas Lachalamim. So what are you forced to say? Malachas Mach Shabbos Asr Taira. When does the Taira forbid? The Taira only forbids what's called Malachas Mach Shabbos. In other words, significant, distinguished type of work. And just piling it in a pile, that's not distinguished enough to be liable. So hachanami, so to over here, melechas mach shabbos asr taira. So to over here, when it comes to peeling something in your hand, it's only forbidden if it's going to be melechas mach shabbos. And peeling something in your hand, but on the other hand, that's not considered significant enough for which to be liable on shabbos, even if it would cause you to be liable to that. Continues the Gemara. Ketzan melo. How does someone supposed to rub it on yamtif? That you should not do it the same way you do it during the week. Abaya Abaya would say the name of Yosef. Chada achada, using one finger with another finger, right? Only two fingers total. And during the week, you probably would use, you know, your whole hand or maybe even hand, two hands together. tarti, one finger on two hands. Let's say, right? So you know, three fingers total. Rava Amar, Rava said, Kivan Dimashani, as long as you do something different. Afilu chada akulo. Even if you would rub one finger on the entire hand, it would still be okay. How should you blow them on Shabbos in an atypical way? He said, turning the page now. From the, the, from the, like from your knuckles upwards, right? So not downwards, not in your actual palm, but only upwards. In the West, in Eretz Yisrael, they laughed at him. Even the Mashani, as long as you change the then you can rub with the entire hand. That doesn't make any sense. You should, you should blow at it with one hand and using all of your strength. But to actually put another finger there, that's not actually going to work. That would be too similar to the regular regular pattern. It will be permitted to be done on, on Chavez. Okay, take care, guys. Be well. We'll continue tomorrow night. We'll get a little bit back into more of a Yumtov question and not the Meister's question. I think that was the end of the Meister's suga for right now. Take care. Good night. Good night, Rabbi. Thank you. Good night, Larry.